Are the San Francisco 49ers for real with Brock Purdy? They look like it as they won another game Thursday night football. We'll talk about them and who are the teams that are heating up at the right time for the playoffs and who are the teams that are cooling off and might find themselves in a lot of trouble. I'm Chris Carter, joined by Lauren Cox. we got to switch up today here on the Friday edition of the Lockdown NFL Podcast. It's going to be a fun one. Let's get into it. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. We are your hosts, Chris Carter and Lauren Cox. A little bit of switch up today. Q had to handle some work stuff. We had some switch ups, but we are still coming at you live and in person, breaking things, all things down in the NFL. As always, you can find the show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you see it on YouTube. Subscribe to this channel to get all of the daily Monday through Friday episodes of Locked On NFL, as well as all of the different programs that we have coming out through this channel. As I said, we're joined by Lauren. Lauren, how you been, man? Both of our teams have not done well this year, and it's been a little boring. Yeah, we haven't gotten to talk about them on Lockdown NFL much, right? We're always talking about like the actually good teams that that are doing well. <laughs> in the so it, it is a nice change of pace to talk about some winners for once. It, it is, it is. Um, let's get into a winner from last night, and that of course with the San Francisco 49ers. They win 21-13 over the Seahawks. And Brock Purdy, not doing anything spectacularly amazing with stats, but efficient, 17 of 26, 217 yards through the year, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And along with that strong running game, Christian McCaffrey, over 100 yards on 26 carries, also gets a touchdown. They beat the Seahawks, and the Niners clinch the divisions. They've won the NFC West. They know that they're going to host a playoff game. Crazy to think, though, down to a third-string quarterback, no Jimmy Garoppolo, Mr. Irrelevant, actually, if you remember the draft. And it just makes me wonder, is this Niners team for real or is all this kind of all this kind of just fun in games until we get to the real playoff games in January? Yeah, it's funny. I, I thought you were going to go with Purdy was nothing Purdy, but still was. <laughs> I, was I was waiting for that one at the top of the tongue. But no, right? like I think that but it doesn't need to be anything Purdy for Brock Purdy. Like, he doesn't need that. The 49ers don't need him Agreed. right now to, you know, throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. This is a team that is built around the quarterback position to where it feels like there are a lot of different quarterbacks you could plug into that skills into that like that group of skill players and they would be successful it's why there was so much speculation that baker mayfield might end up there and that how that could have been maybe the bump for them but you see a guy like shanahan saying no like our system's good we have a really strong supporting cast of receivers a really good defense like brock, brock purdy can do it and and i continue to be impressed with not only overcoming the quarterback injuries, but even some of the other injuries around them, you know, like without Debo Samuel in this game, they still had you know quite a bit going on offense and yeah. credit for being proactive by adding Christian McCaffrey and still adding more, even when they had an abundance. But yeah, I mean, I feel like this is a team that can get pretty far until you get to the question starts when you start playing like a real good team, which there just aren't very many of in the NFL. Like whoever they play, if they have, if they don't have a first round buy, like, Probably not going to be a great, probably going to be another Seahawks level team. And you know, it might be till the NFC championship game that they face a real team that might actually have Brock Purdy need to put them over the top. And then the question is, can he? That is a good question. They started the season three and four and everyone was well, was well, like, well, so much for this year. And then they beat the Rams on the road. They beat the Chargers, the Cardinals, the Saints, the Dolphins, the Buccaneers, and now the Seahawks. But again, you look at those teams. You're like the one team that you're a little that you're like okay, really like that's impressive about was was the Dolphins. 
But now that they get this last week, though, this next week, they'll face the Commanders, but then they get to face the Raiders and the Cardinals in the final two weeks. This seems like a nice, smooth path for this team to get to get, you know, to kind of build up some momentum, get to the playoffs. But then, like you said, how real does it get? Because right now they're the three seed. Most likely I see them remaining in that spot. They might jump to the two seed if Minnesota drops another game in the final weeks and they find a way to win out, uh, which totally could could happen. But um, let's just say for the sake of argument, they're still they're still in the three seed. Then they get to face either the seventh. If they're the two seed, they face the the seven seed Giants right now. But then they also get. But if they're at the three seed, they face uh, the Washington Commanders. And there's a lot of those teams that are battling for those last two spots. The the, the Cowboys seem to have locked up the uh, the, uh, the the fifth spot because the NFC East is already won by the by the by the Eagles. Yeah. So the the Cowboys they'll be locking up that first wild card spot. So the other two is a battle between the Commanders, the Giants. Seahawks and the Lions, and way way back is the Packers and the Packers and the Panthers, but and the Falcons. But you could pretty much push them out. I think at this conversation, yeah, I, I think the Niners could beat any of those teams. But once they get to the division round, they got to face the Eagles or the Vikings. Uh, you know, maybe the Buccaneers if they got that matchup, that would be very favorable. But if they got to face the Cowboys, those type of teams, I think they could really run into a brick wall with. Well, that's the thing. Like uh, in getting ready for my Bears Eagles game this week, you look at like who the Eagles have beat at twelve and one, and it's not the point. It's not a who's who of of battle tested organizations, just because there are only like two teams in each conference, through two or three teams in each conference that are actually like really good. You know, it's Bills, it's it's Eagles, and it's Forty Nine ers. It's like if you're not if you don't happen to be playing any of those teams, you're playing a bunch of teams that are good sometimes and bad other times. The Lions all of a sudden look hot, and they were terrible earlier this season, and. Vikings have cooled off a bunch. Like it seems like we don't know if anybody is good except for these few teams at the top, and so none of them have really been that battle tested. And maybe the first good team the Eagles will face would be the 49ers, and the Eagles with the 49ers would be the first good team the Eagles face. Like you know what I mean? Like it could be the first time either team is battle tested, and at that point, I mean, who knows? One of these teams may end up looking more like a fraud at that point, but we wouldn't have we wouldn't have much of a clue of who it's going to be entering the game. No, I agree. And that would be one of those situations where who is the most battle tested. And I guess it doesn't matter how much you're battle tested versus, you know, how are you going to match up with, with some of these teams? And I think the Niners, they, they just they need to get healthy. They need, like they would need Debo Samuel back for one of those matchups. But the way that Kyle Shannon has him play him, I, I, I like the way they, they, they improvise on offense. The touchdown to, to, uh, to Kittle was really impressive. They had everyone going to the flat, but he's he's just kind of a delay, just hits, goes up the seam and is, it is wide open, making things easy for Purdy. But you're also seeing the Niners' investment to dominate the trenches makes things so much easier for a quarterback and a running back to control games. And then on defense, playing the way that they are with all the, a lot of their guys in their primes, they're finding so many ways to control it on the other side of the ball. It's the right pace that you want for this team. What makes me nervous is that, you know, we've seen a couple of times this season and in recent seasons, you know, a backup quarterback comes in and plays really well for a few games. I'm thinking Cooper Rush in particular, but also Mike White a little bit with the New York Jets, where they look good for three or four weeks. And then other teams now have four games of tape on them and they figure out, oh, like Brock Purdy can't throw the ball here very well, or he doesn't like to throw this route. And they start to kind of figure out what that new backup quarterback does well and doesn't well. And there's that, that difficult adjustment period of like, okay, you know, th- they've now figured me out. How do I respond to what defense is doing to me? And that's gotta be hard to do in the playoffs. If that's about when the timeline is going to start for Purdy, where teams start to lock in and all of a sudden, 
the opponent gets a lot better too. That's you can see where they hit their wall at some point here sooner their ceiling. And you're like, well, wait a minute. We're back to where they were in the previous years with Jimmy Garoppolo, where they just feel like they needed just a little bit of a better quarterback to put them over the top. It's a it's a good point, and it makes you wonder. You know, Jimmy G. It's crazy if Brock Purdy keeps winning. Jimmy G. I think is like I said his injury. If he was to return this season, it would be it would happen around playoff time. But if Brock Purdy's winning your football games, do you leave him in there? Yeah. Because I mean, he's if if I, I know he's a rookie, and I know this is all new, but if you're riding a hot hand, and again, you're not asking you're not asking for your quarterback to throw. Uh, to throw a bunch of a bunch of touchdowns, you're not asking for him to to lead an onslaught of uh, of, of an offense. You're just asking, hey, manage the game, take what's there, don't make the dumb decision, don't kill us with turnovers. I just wonder if you know if you're Kyle Shanahan, you do you roll with the rookie seventh round pick or the guy who's been on m- multiple playoff runs and has has gotten you through a couple of championship games and you know hasn't been able to win the big one, but at least is like been in those playoff experiences and know what it's like to go maybe into high, into Philadelphia in, in a championship game on the road. You know, that's, there's something to be said about a guy who's been there before, even if he has been injured and he, you know, the other guy's been playing pretty well. I think that's a big question. And I think that will be one of the NFL's biggest questions when we get to the playoffs, if Jimmy G does come back available, because he did go into to go into Green Bay last year, and even though he didn't put up anything crazy numbers, managed the game, got them a win in Lambeau, and they were back in the NFC NFC Conference Championship conversation. So, but who are the teams that are heating up at the right times? We'll get to that in just a minute here on the Friday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. But first, we got to talk to you guys about Tommy John because this episode is brought to you by Tommy John. Don't make your loved ones face the dead of winter in old T-shirts, ancient underwear, and ratty sweats. Help them fight the cold with cozy and give the gift of Tommy John. You can shop Tommy John's Wrap It Up sale right now and give the gift of comfort to everyone on your list, including yourself, with new Tommy John underwear, loungewear, and pajamas. With over 18 million pairs sold, giving Tommy John has become a holiday tradition. 97% of women and men love getting a gift from Tommy John. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics. I love my Tommy John sweatpants because they're so cozy and they look nice when I'm wearing them or while I'm chilling at home. Hurry Tommy John's wrap it up sale right now and get 30% off everything plus free shipping by TommyJohn.com slash locked on. Order now so your gifts arrive before the holidays. 30% off plus free shipping at TommyJohn.com slash locked on. That's TommyJohn.com slash locked on. See site. For details. We're back here on the Friday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Lauren Cox. We're breaking things down for you here. And now let's look at these playoff teams. Because as I, as we pointed out, uh, I cover the Steelers. Lauren covers the Bears. It hasn't been, uh, it hasn't been so great for either side. Um <laughs> And uh, our teams aren't really considering what's going on in the playoffs right now, but there are a bunch of teams who are. And I think it's good. It's going to be interesting to see who are the teams that are heating up and cooling off right now. Lauren, give me your number one team that you think is, you know, they're not, they're not the ultimate front runner, but they're heating up at the right time and they're looking like a very dangerous team. It's so weird for me to say it in the NFC North, but like Detroit keeps holding on and it's whoever would have thought to say that in our lives (laughs) exactly like even like especially this season like they started about one and six yeah one and six over that first stretch like we we counted them out in september we were like oh well that's 
it's going to be another one of those below 500 Detroit teams. Maybe they'll make a little noise here and there, but like somehow, some way, I mean, the defense is, is all of a sudden turned completely around. They were abysmal in the first half of the season and they've kind of settled in a little bit. You've got Jared Goff playing some of the best football of his career. And of course it helps. We've seen Goff be successful when he does have this kind of an offensive line, this kind of a running game and, and some pretty quality receivers. Oh, and they're also going to get Jamison Williams added to the mix at some point in here as a late boost coming off of the, you know, their first round pick from Alabama, who's who was injured and hasn't been able to play this season. I'm, I'm not expecting him to come in and be, you know, full on Jameson Williams just yet, but it's a nice late reinforcements here on a team that isn't in the playoffs right now, but they're looking in and they're heating up and they're, they're starting to scare some real opponents in the division. I mean, they just beat the Minnesota Vikings who are in first place in their division and, you know, 10 win team. That's a little bit fraudy, but you look at the Lions schedule, it's jets, Panthers, bears, Packers, Mm. It could go. It could be on a six-game winning streak, ending this season, riding into the playoffs with you know with a ten and seven kind of look here. That would be like wow, like that's it's a team that Goff has the playoff experience too. Like I'm not saying the Super Bowl by any means, but they're a hot team that I'm excited to see what they do. I feel you on that. I'm gonna pick a team that's kind of obvious that they're gonna make the playoffs, but I think they they've gotten more dangerous as the year has gone on now, and it's the Cincinnati Bengals. They started off in the year. Uh, 0 and 2 and 3 and, and 2 and 3 and they have come together to win what seven of their last eight and they've won five in a row now uh with a with a bye week sprinkled in there they've been finding the ways to win and they're not just beating up on teams like the Panthers and the Steelers the way that they did and they beat the Browns the Red Browns last week they've also beaten the Titans and the Chiefs and you know, their win against the Chiefs, truly impressive. Uh, and now they're putting themselves in a situation where they're putting pressure on the Baltimore Ravens to figure things out and keep winning games with backup quarterback play. And if they're able to kind of keep that pace, they got the they got the Buccaneers this week. We'll get into that game later. They got the Patriots the week after that. Then they got the Bills. That'll be a major matchup that everyone stops to watch on January 2nd. And then they end the season against the Ravens, uh, who beat them way back in October. But this looks like a different team. And, you know, they're also getting healthy. Jamar Chase is back. Uh, you know, you've, you've seen how Joe Burrow's handled this season. I think they're getting hot at the right time. Um, the question is, can they keep carrying that into January? Uh, because, like, like, we, like we said with the Niners, they're beating up on some of these teams, but they're going to have to, they're going to, like, let's see how they do against the Bills. Let's see how they look against some of these other squads in the AFC playoffs. Uh, but right now, they uh, they were looking like a team that was going with some Super Bowl blues, and they've certainly shaken that off as we've gotten into the second half of the season. Yeah, I've been really impressed with you know, a team like that coming together that we know we, we know how good they could be. And, and now it's like them kind of realizing again, like, yes, we are a team that was just in the Super Bowl. And for a while, it looked like, oh, like that, that, that was like a mirage. Like, this is no longer that Super Bowl right. team. But it's amazing what happens when you get Jamar Chase back healthy and he and Burrow are firing on the same cylinders. And like, yeah, they, they've got one of the best wide receiving cores in the NFL. And, and Burrow is getting more comfortable with that offensive line and knowing what he can and can't get away with in terms of, of pass protection there. So I, it feels like we, we shouldn't be surprised given how good they were last season. But at the same mm-hmm. time, based on how the year was going for them early on, that was how bumpy it was. Like, it, it's, it's a pleasant surprise to see them back in the mix like that. It is, but... Who is the top team that you're looking at that you think is cooling off now? Because some of these teams started this year looking like they were going to be the upstarts or they were going to run the table. And now they're kind of running out of steam or they're just dealing with some injuries at the wrong time. I got to say, I'm I'm most bummed about the Seattle Seahawks and the, the mm-hmm. struggles they've been having because I've, I've loved the Geno Smith story. And I, I, the I wrench tour. 
yeah, like I wanted him to win MVP, and so now he's kind of fallen out of that mix a little bit. But I think that the bigger fall for me has been the New York Giants. I mean, going from oh yeah seven and two, and they've they I guess they tied last week against the Commanders. So they haven't lost four in a row. They technically tied, but they they haven't won in five games. And yeah, we kind of thought like oh like Brian Dable's having this big like coach of the year type run, and he's maybe figured out Daniel Jones. Mm. And, you know, this defense was playing well, and yeah, all of a sudden it catches up them a little bit when they you know they don't have a ton of talent at receiver and, and they, they are a little bit more limited in what they can do offensively and they're a little more reliant on Barkley and, and Daniel Jones as a runner. And you know, the defense is, is good, but not like Super Bowl great as they were looking for a, a large right. of the season. So like, I, I just don't, I just don't have a lot of confidence that especially tying the commanders, like did, did not, like that right. was, the, that was the game where it was like, okay, one of these two teams needs to show that they're definitely the, the better one to make the playoffs. And neither team, both teams are kind of like, yeah, uh, we don't neither one of us really deserves to make the playoffs, but we might <laughs> fall our way in there because no one else is good either. I, I'm on the same pace as you as far as as far as the commanders right now with them. The one thing I'll say is that the commanders have been kind of in a reverse pace. They started the season uh, one and four, and then they've 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 won six of their last eight with the loss to the Vi- a three point loss to the Vikings and tying the Giants. And now they're coming off a bye week. We'll get to that matchup later but the team that i'm looking at that's kind of falling off and maybe this fall will stop soon but it's the miami dolphins you know and i know they started the season three to three but a lot of part of that was because they were missing to a tank of Iloa. they were really they were really they, they were really dealing with that for a bit and they they found their stride they beat the steelers they beat the lions they beat the bears they beat the browns they beat, and they, they, they beat the texans but then after those games because like it's like we were saying none of those teams inspire a lot of fear the lions a decent team this year not a but again not a very good team their chance was to show up against the 49ers they didn't they got smoked 33 to 17 then last week they were they needed to beat the chargers to position themselves better in the playoff hunt they lose 23 17 and now you're on the road at the Bills. Then you get to face the Packers on your own turn, but then you go on the road to the Patriots and finish against the Jets. So you got three division games to finish the season. And now this offense that was high flying, everyone was saying McDaniels had everything going on for them. I know that Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle with two were going to be unstoppable. Now they're looking kind of stoppable. And this team, you know, they're still competitive. They're still going to make the playoffs, but they're not looking like the team that might, I think sneak through the playoffs and get a lot, you know, be able to take out some of these top teams like they did earlier in the season when they upset the bills. Yeah. Like you were hitting that there. Like it's the inverse of what we were talking about with the 49ers and the, and the Eagles, where it's like the dolphins have played some really good defenses some really good teams. And they're not, they're not passing that test to look like a, a contender. And we'll see certainly, you know, if they beat the bills, that, that'll that could go a long way towards feeling like, okay, this is a team that can actually make a deeper playoff run here. But you know, the 49ers defense is, the kind of stuff they're going to face when they play in, in the AFC, you know, if they get to the AFC championship game, they're playing like, you know, a bills type team or a chiefs type team. Like these level of opponents are what you're going to be matched up with. And they, they looked outclassed in that game. And even the chargers, they're not a, they're not, you know, that level of playoff team, but you know, Brandon Staley has coached against that same style of offense that the dolphins run for a few years with, you know, back in, in LA. And he, he seemed to have figured out a few things about how to slow some of that stuff down. Like you needed to be able to beat these games and show the league, like, Hey, no, we are a legitimate contender and not just a high flying offense that was beating up on the bears and the Steelers and the lions and the Browns and some of these games that just weren't, you know, weren't top flight defenses that they were facing along the way. I hear you on that. We'll get into a lot of these teams because there's some really important matchups that are happening this weekend in the NFL. 
uh, with playoff implications and just general just concern for where these teams are going to be going and how they'll continue to position themselves as they head to the playoffs. We'll get into those matchups in just a minute here on the Friday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. But first, we got to talk to you guys about Total Wine and More this holiday season. Find what you love at Total Wine and More with so many great bottles to choose from. It's easy to find a favorite Cabernet or Chardonnay or the perfect gifts for everyone on your list with some help from a friendly guide and all with the confidence of knowing that you found something special for the lowest price. Love what you find only at total wine and more curbside pickup and delivery available in most areas. Visit totalwine.com to learn more. Drink responsibly B 21. It's the Friday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. Chris Carter here with Lauren Cox breaking it down for you on a Friday. And now it's time to get to our normal pick six, which is always brought by Bet Online. We pick the top six games that we're looking at this weekend and give you our predictions. Also, talk some betting lines and odds and where we see these games going. Let's start with a Saturday game because it's always interesting to me. Uh, when when we start splitting up Saturday and Sunday games, and it's the Saturday night game, and maybe even the game of the week for some people, the Miami Dolphins visit the Buffalo Bills. The Dolphins upset the Bills in Miami early in the season. Granted, it was with, it was with Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. A lot of guys were cramping up because of the heat in that game. There was a lot of talk about the conditions. Well, the conditions look to be in the reverse this time. It's going to be it's going to be cold. It's going to be snowy. It's going to be icy. I think the Bills are supposed to be having ha- having a a rough thing there. And the Bills, according to Bet Online, which is again betonline.net, your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Go to Bet Online right now, and you can find all these odds and odds and ends. But the Bills are favored by seven at home with a money line of minus 325, Dolphins at plus 270, with the over under set at 44. Lauren, I look at this game. I like the Bills because I think that this the Bills are are one of the best teams in football. And they're one of those teams that they can circle a game on the on the calendar and be like, we're going to be ready for this game. And they've had this game <laughs> circled for months. And I think that, like I said, the Dolphins, they've lost some steam lately. This is the perfect time for the Bills to kind of get their revenge for that early game loss. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Definitely straight up, I'm, I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. I, I, I'd see someone say where in the first matchup they played, the thermometer on the Dolphins side – on the Bills sideline at the Dolphins Stadium was 120 degrees. And that <sighs> – and that the Bills' sideline at home in this game could be a hundred degrees colder, and be more like twenty degrees for this game. Like that's the difference of environment that the Dolphins are going to be coming into in this one. So, it, yeah, it feels to me like you, you can hear, you can sort of feel the narrative playing out, right? That like it's going to be cold and snowy, and two on, and the Dolphins' passing offense isn't going to be as as high flying as explosive as they want to be, and the Bills can kind of control the game a little bit. But you'll, and you'll hear Dolphins say, "Well, oh, like Dolphins fans say, oh, well, like." Yeah, it was in the snow, and, and and like that's it's that's not an accurate representation of how good the Dolphins are, and maybe that's fair. But it, when you get into the playoffs, the Dolphins are likely going to have to go on some road games, likely in some snowy environments, and that's just going to be the reality for them. Even if it's not, if even if it's not an accurate reflection of exactly how good they might be in a dome or at, you know at, in a warm weather stadium, it's still going to be the team they're going to have to be in the playoffs and. I, I don't. I'm not confident that they're all of a sudden going to turn it turn it around after they struggled against a significantly worse team in the Chargers last week, and even even the the 49ers before that in an offense that isn't as explosive and dominant as as what Josh Allen's doing. So I agree. I'm, I'm going to take the Bills straight up there, and I I think I take the Bills to cover. I'm certainly uh certainly think it's going to be. I agree. Game, I I think that I think the Bills they might even like 
kind of run the score up a little bit just to prove a point in this game. I think that this is some division rivalry stuff where we'll see it get a little funky there. Let's move on to the Sunday games. 1 p.m. This one interesting more because of the matchups and where these teams are. The 10 and 3 Cowboys at the 5 and 8 Jaguars. People might be looking at this game and thinking, why do we care about that game? Well, the Jaguars have been playing better. They've been able to put things better. And specifically, Trevor Lawrence has been playing better. And we almost saw the Cowboys drop a game to the Houston Texans, who right now hold the first overall pick in the NFL draft. Uh, I just I, I think this game could be very interesting with just with the matchups. If, if Trevor Lawrence is able to air it out against against the Cowboys, what pressure it puts on them to put up points. Um, and, and again, I think that this could be uh, a really interesting matchup as far as how where these teams are. And the Cowboys, they need they need to prove that they're on the right path because they're one of those teams. This is another really good playoff year opportunity for them. If they fumble early in the playoffs, there's going to be a lot of questions at the end at the end of the season. Um, that I think they're going to be tough to answer. The Cowboys come in here, though, only favored by four points, even though they're six games ahead uh, of this of this team right right now. Um, but they are all they're given the money line is minus two ten for the Cowboys, plus one eighty for the Jaguars. Over under set at forty eight. Uh, Lauren, I'm taking the Cowboys here, and I'm taking the points, but I'm a little nervous because the Cowboys have not instilled confidence in me so far. Yeah, it's interesting. This line started at, at Jaguars plus 6.5, so it's come down to four. It's moved a little bit, and I, there, there seems to be some growing confidence in, in the Jaguars with, with how well Trevor Lawrence has been playing, and you, and you kind of feel like you know this is, this is that kind of game where, I mean, it doesn't like fully put the Jaguars on the map, but it's that sort of like latest, like, oh, wow, like they're for real. Like, you know, they, they beat the Ravens, and like that's cool, but the Ravens have lost some really close games. Like, the Ravens are very good, but they, they haven't been able to finish some of these games, so it's like, okay, and they, they beat the Titans, and it's like, yeah, the Titans are are pretty good, but they've been kind of struggling a lot as of late. But like, this is the game where it, it comes together against you know, a, a very legitimate, like big time playoff contending team that the, the Jaguars can say, yeah, like we're, we're here and we mean business in the same way that we were talking about the lions earlier, like needing to like show teams late in the stretch that, yeah, they don't have time. They don't have any room to lose these games. They can't afford to lose these games. And if you're Dallas, you know, you're, you can't win your division at this point. I mean, it'd, it'd be no, to. so you're playing for seeding and you're not really worried about missing the playoffs. Not that they're going to completely overlook the Jaguars, but there's a lot less at stake in terms of actual playoff implications for Dallas in this game. Cause the commanders and, and giants are pretty well far below them. And certainly there's still, you know, that you still got other wildcard teams trying to push for that, the seeding specifically, but they're going to be on the road for the first playoff game, pretty much no matter what. And a loss to the Jaguars is not going to derail everything Dallas does, but they do want to keep things going. So I, I, I want to go, I want, I'll take, I'll take the, Jaguars plus four. I don't know if I'm ready to say they're going to win, but I think, I think that give me the points on that one. And I think they can make it a three or four point loss in there and keep it very close at the very least. So it'll be interesting. That's how the, the Texans only lost by four to the Cowboys, but granted the Cowboys also before that, you know, smoked the Colts by a lot, beat, beat the giants by eight and then smoked the Vikings 40 to three. So we'll see which version of the Cowboys we get this, this weekend exactly. moving along. Right. Yeah. Cause again, just which, who do we see now we go to an interesting game because both teams are fighting for playoff spots. It's the six and seven lines at the seven and six jets. You talk about Lauren, you talk about how the lions are heating up at the right time. The jets are going to look like they're going to start Zach Wilson after Mike White's not able to play. That's going to be interesting. Um, where do you see this game falling? Bet online has this game. The Lions, this is a coin flip pretty, pretty much. The Lions are one and a half point favorites here, uh, with the money line one minus 127 for the Lions, plus 107 for the Jets. The over under set at 43 and a half. I'm going with the Lions simply because I think the Jets are just 
they're fading and the Lions are rising. But man, Jets at home, just like these are two teams that I can't, I don't trust either one of them at this point. Yeah, I, I agree there that I don't, I don't have like a ton of faith in trusting either one when it comes to like playing, you know, really good teams and down the stretch, but against each other, I guess I'll, I'll take the, I guess the hotter hand coming into this game. And I particularly don't trust Zach Wilson coming off of the bench. You know, they, yeah. they didn't want to start him now. I mean, you know, if, in an ideal world, he would still be benched for them based on what they want to do. So like, I don't think they necessarily think he's ready to come back and all of a sudden be a different or a better quarterback. And I, I need Zach Wilson to prove to me that he is, he has, improved that he has fixed some of his mistakes and that he can that he can carry this team to victory you know it's interesting i think when mike white was still projected to be the starter i think the jets were favored actually on the on the opening lines last week after after the after sunday and of course you know zach wilson comes back in and the lions kind of take over as a favorite there so i'm, I'm gonna take the lions and lions and the points there i think it'll be another i don't want to say easy victory by any means but i think the lions will feel comfortable pretty well in this one I hear you in that. Let's move along to uh, another game that has playoff implications. The Chargers won a very important game last week, beating the Dolphins as they're trying to push forward and earn their playoff spot. They're seven and six. They now host the seven and six Titans. Both teams kind of they're in, they're in the playoffs right now. The Titans less pressure because they're in the AFC South. But the Chargers, if they want to hold that position and make sure they're they're locking their way in, they need to win this game. The Chargers at home. The Titans also been struggling of late, uh, and I think that that's going to play a big factor in this. The Chargers at home, favored by three, which we know Vegas always gives the three points to the home team, so they, they kind of see this as an even matchup. Chargers minus one fifty five on the money line. Titans plus one thirty five. Forty six and a half points is the over under here. I'm going with the Chargers. But I can't tell you how many times Q and I often talk about how the Chargers are the team that everyone says is going to be this and that. They always let you down at some point. And I feel like the Titans, they've been bad enough that I'm like, okay, their defense is giving up a lot. They've given up 35 plus points in the past two games. I I think that they, I think this is a week for Justin Herbert to go off, but I'm buying, I'm taking the Chargers and taking the points and everything. But man, I am nervous because. That the, the Chargers, they are they have let everyone down so many times. Lauren, how do you see this matchup playing out? Yeah, another one of two teams I don't trust. Right? Like I just right. I don't I don't can't rely on either one of them to give me a consistent appeal. One thing I'll say about the Titans is like you look at if they have lost three in a row and their defense has given up a lot of points, but it's been to the Bengals, the Eagles, and and now the Jaguars. And and obviously the Jaguars game kind of the, the biggest stain on the three and you know four turnovers from the offense. I think but Brian Tannehill had an interception there and there were a number of fumbles in that game. Like I don't know that that was purely a reflection of a terrible Chargers or terrible Titans defense because the turnovers were not giving them very formidable field positions and the Jaguars are are still pretty good too. So like I find myself not as down on the Titans or trying trying to logic myself into being less down on the Titans despite what the three the three losses in a row. And of course like the Chargers are feeling good after beating the Dolphins, but I, I'm with you that I just I can't trust the Chargers that when they finally start to look good, that they're going to actually be good or that they're going to sustain that good. So I, I'm going to take the Titans this, this straight up. Like I think I think they're going to be able to handle this one, and I think mm-hmm. it'll be a nice little bounce back game for them to feel like okay, th- things feel like they're in a little bit of free fall right now. But I I, ha- I feel like Vrabel has done a good job over the years of like especially when you get to these later months of the season, they seem to dial in a little bit more and be you know tough nosed and, and have taken a lot of their lumps throughout the season. They have done that in the past. I'll be very interested to see if they do that again now. Let's go to a game that I think should be 
easy to predict, but man, you never know with the quarterback on the one side of the ball. It's of course, we're talking Bengals at Buccaneers. Bengals head into head into this game in control, playing very playing very good football. They're nine and four. Buccaneers hosting at six and seven and somehow leading, still leading their division because it's the it's the NFC South. Uh, but Vegas has this game pretty close. When you look at this matchup, it's minus 3.5 Bengals plus 3.5 Buccaneers. Um, minus 190 uh, is the money line for the Bengals, plus 165 for the Bucks. And it's a four, the over-under set at 45 even. <sighs> I'm taking the Bengals, but I'm like, why is this line as close as it is? I, I feel like this should be a game that's blown out with the way that the Buccaneers have lost a lot of these games. Yeah, I feel very similarly. Like, I, I, I get that. With Tom Brady on the other side, you're never going to – like, Tom Brady doesn't get blown out. Very, You know what I mean? That's just not something that you see that with any sort of predictability, even even against a good team like the Cincinnati Bengals. So I, I, I do I do understand they why – got blown out last week. I remember that, that, that's why I'm like, they lost 35-7 to to Brock Birdie last week. Yeah, but, but, it's, it's but, not, but it's not the kind of thing that, like, you know like, – Happens a lot. Is it, Tom Brady doesn't get blown out much. So, like, is it going to happen two weeks in a row? You know, like, mm. I, it feels like something's going to come together there, but – I, I, I mean, after Joe Burrow went toe to toe with with Patrick Mahomes and finished out on top of that one, I'm I'm no longer scared of the Bengals not being able to keep up with Tom Brady, especially with uh, the <laughs> how different of a supporting cast that is. I just think Brady has been able to overcome so much and carry so much of teams over the years, but this, the offensive line in front of him in Tampa right now and just everything else around, like the lack of the lack of support, is just too much for him at 45. I think a 35 year old Tom Brady or even a 40 year old Tom Brady. And I might, I still might be like, well, maybe, but we're just, we're just getting there right now where I, I, I'm not trying to say that Tom Brady needs to prove it to me on this team, but just the Bengals, I got to give the Bengals a lot of credit too. And after, like I said, after what happened with the 49ers, I think the Bengals are a lot closer to to San Francisco in that regard. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm actually agree. I'm agree. I'm agree with you here. So we're both taking them in the points, the Bengals in the points, of course, in this situation. Now it's time for the final game. Dead even records. These teams literally tied each other the last time they played. And of course, we're talking Giants at Commanders. Both teams sit seven, five, and one. Both teams jockeying for wild card position. Sunday night football, the Commanders favored by four and a half points at home, minus 220 for them, plus 190 for the Giants, 40 and a half points um, uh, is the over under from Bet Online. Uh, man, I'm going with the Commanders simply because I think the Giants. We're going. I do a show every Friday on Locked On Steelers with Jenna Harner, and she's here with me in Pittsburgh. She does great work, but she's a born and you know born true Giants fan, and she's been telling me ever since they started like that big six and zero, seven and one stretch. They were, she's like, Chris, it's all coming down. I'm telling you, it's all coming down. It's all happening. And she every loss she has predicted. She's like, Yep, they're losing this one. They're losing this one. She didn't think they tie the Commanders. She thought they lose, and she's she's kind of brainwashed me to think that the Giants are just falling apart at this point. Plus, I do like some of the pieces of the Commanders. I do think they're putting together some interesting aspects of their game. Um, uh, you know, I think I, I take them and the points in this in this situation, um, especially when you look at, you know, they're coming off a bye week. They tied the Giants, and before that, they had won three in a row, and they had won six of their last seven with one of those wins, being the only team to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that now that they're at home coming off a bye, this is a this is a, this is a win the Commanders can completely control. Yeah, this is one of those games that's really important for the playoffs. But you know, I don't know if I would describe it as like a good game, a must-watch game. Right. It's like right. you know, we just saw how it went two weeks ago. But the, the bye week thing is so interesting to me here because 
the Giants are the last team the Commanders have played. They're essentially playing the same team twice in a row, just with a bye week in between. And I don't know, it's not very often if we've ever seen that before in NFL history, where it's like, you know, they prepared for the, the last team they had to prepare for was, was the Giants. And now they've had two more weeks to prepare for the same team, to look at what they just did wrong. Like, it feels like a basketball or a baseball series where it's like, okay, game two, we, we just played them. Now, what can we do immediately differently facing the exact same team again? They've had more time to prepare and more time to look at what they did wrong and what they can do better. Like, I'm really fascinated to see if that gives the commanders a noticeable advantage in that or if, you know, the Giants will be able to change enough and after having just gotten their butts kicked by the Eagles, if they feel like they have to change more than they would have otherwise. And I, I still find myself leaning commanders because I feel like Heineke has been playing really well. We saw McLaurin have a really big game against the Giants a couple weeks ago and it just feels like, you know, they, they were they were this close to, to kind of you know, closing things out. In, in New York, I mean, I guess both teams were, were pretty close in, in overtime, but like, you know, they fought back the tide in that fourth quarter and it feels like they were really rolling on some stuff and it just, they couldn't quite get over the top, but I like, I like what the commanders have been building this season, even if I don't think they're going to do any, make any real noise in the playoffs. I hear you on that. Seems like we have a lot of a lot of similar opinions on how these games are going to play out, but you can get all those odds, all those ends, and all the games this weekend at BetOnline.net, your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Head to BetOnline right now for all of that. But thank you for checking out and heading over here to Locked On NFL. This podcast will be up all throughout the weekend. If you need to go over some stats, share it with your friends. Thanks again for checking out. Thank you, Lauren, for filling in for us. Uh, normally we have Q out here, but sometimes he's too fame famous and out there. He's got he's got all the big dog work. So, you know, sometimes, yeah. Chris, we're not afraid here to carry the weight and locked on NFL while he's out there gallivanting and and and, and shaking hands and kissing babies out there. Uh, but we always appreciate it. Thank you so much, Lauren. I, I, I thought it was your boy Q, but apparently it's their boy Q now. I don't know. <laughs> that was great. That was great. For Chris Carter, Lauren Cox, have a great weekend. Oh, we'll be here. I'll be here next Friday, hopefully. Next Friday with Q, getting things ready for the Christmas weekend and getting you ready for those games. We'll see you then right here on the Locked On NFL Podcast.